0: You're on the Arms Room Show with Glenn, Andrew, and Daryl, and Daryl today. Yeah, I'm making here. the drive to come see us. And Matt, Matt, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's Matt. My name is Matt. My favorite part <laughs> about knowing Matt is the variety of different names we've come up with for Matt. But my favorite Matthew name is Matthew.
1: I knew that's what you're going to say. Hands down, <laughs> very few people know Matthew. Kathy. Matthew's my favorite <laughs> name for Matt.
2: <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Thanks to all of our patrons for supporting the show. Remember, you don't just support the show, but you also support all the community service stuff we do, the security and safety training we do for churches and schools, the Stop the Bleed programs that we do. We offer those things for free, and we provide them for free, but they're not free for us to do. It still costs us, and thanks to your guys' patronage. They, we are able to continue to do that, not just in our communities, but in yours as well, especially as we travel to different parts of the country. So we appreciate your support as a patron. If you're not a patron of the show, uh, what the fuck? It's, like, really inexpensive. You should definitely become a patron. Go to patreon.com and just go to the Arms Room Show. It's really easy to do. Uh, let's see. We're going to get into some news here. Uh, first thing is the this hurricane that hit Acapulco. Death toll currently about 48 Maybe a little bit more really awful shit. You can look it up, photos, videos, all that are are pretty freaking terrible. And I think the big reminder of for of like from this is how devastating natural disasters can be. It was a category five when it hit. It was not expected to be a category five when it hit. And it when you look at the pictures, I mean, it looks like a fucking war zone. It looks like the beach got bombed. I mean, it's really really bad. And now you consider what was the preparation level <clears throat> of all those people involved like i will say this and and this is not to you know hurt anyone's feelings but i'm sure it does like if you're if you live in a tornado area if you live in a flood area if you live in a fire area if you live in a hurricane area and something some natural disaster earthquakes right whatever some natural disaster that you know hey that's a that's a high probability here and it happens and it fucks your life up and you don't have you didn't prepare for that at all you fucking deserved it You fucking deserve it. Like, every time New Orleans...
2: I got got one for
1: you. Every
0: time New Orleans floods, I'm like... I always go back to the the Daniel Tosh's thing, his comedy routine, where he's like... He's like, uh, I got some advice for you guys who live in New Orleans. Don't buy land below sea level. You're welcome. Yeah, how about that? It's just like, (laughs) dude, what the fuck? Like, stop... If you live in a place that has natural disasters and you don't prepare for them appropriately, well
1: some of them you can't prepare for. So you know what, like my dad did when we were kids, and we lived in Washington, yeah. right outside Mount Rainier. yeah, we lived like in a community in a community on a mountain mm. on top of another mountain that like even if Rainier did blow, like we could go to this cool bridge mm. and like watch the pyroclastic flows, like like, wow, man, that sucks for all those people down there. like, <clears throat> yeah, we live forty five minutes out of the city, but like, but there's like, like, like the, there's no can, can you do for the volcano.
0: Right. Yeah, but but there's still preparation right. you can do. I mean, you could prepare with, you know, appropriate clothing for such environments yeah. where ash and shit like that's raining down on you. You know, you can prepare to Keep, b- live in a different area where you're not going to be as affected by it if that's possible for you. Yeah. You, can, you can get 72-hour bags together so in case you got to fucking shit and get, <clears throat> you've already yeah. got your stuff together. You've already got your important documents and your pictures and whatever when on the jump we, drive. We moved like,
1: there. So, we, you know, we lived in Arizona. Mm-hmm. We moved there. We're asking like, hey, like, when does it snow? Like, when does the first like winter mm-hmm. storm come? And they're like, oh yeah, it's really not that bad. And then like a week later, it was like literally the like the worst winter the worst storm one ever. ever, right? And our neighbors at the time, which was funny, our neighbors were like, clue, they they were like, we, we're, you know, hopefully they turn the electricity back on because like we're gonna die if not. And I remember like five hours in the electricity going off. My dad, we walk out front, <laughs> and he like. He's like, I need some coffee, and he has like the like his portable little stove. He's like making coffee. Right, we're all ready. Like we <clears throat> like, what the hell? Like, did you guys just move from Arizona? And He's like, Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, keep it, keep a, keep your fucking vehicle full of gas. Mm-hmm. Like that, that got him out of the eighty nine Loma Prieta earthquake was mm-hmm. because like half the freeways collapsed. The other ones, people were out of gas. The gas stations didn't have the, the ones that had power to flow the gas were on fire, mm-hmm. and the ones that <laughs> didn't have power, you couldn't pump and. You know, I was a little bit too young to remember, but my dad was probably like, huh, that sucks, as we, like, cruised Did you drive by. right by and with a full tank like, of gas. I was going to keep driving until we find <clears throat> Oh, hey, look, a town of electricity. Cool.
0: It's, like, one of the number one reasons that, you know, like, I've always harped on everyone in my family. Like, a half tank of gas is an empty tank of gas. The end. You know, I, I stopped this morning to get fuel on the way here because I was— creeping up on my half tank and it's like it's not like oh let me get to the office i'll do it later no i'm gonna do it right fucking now a half tank is an empty tank because yeah if i've got to suddenly oh my god there's a flood there's a fire there's a riot there's something horrible happening i need to throw everything in my truck and get the fuck out of here right the last thing i want to do is jump in and go oh god damn it we're in a quarter tank of gas like no man i got a full tank of gas
1: even things like less insane than that it's like you, you get it. Like, let's say you're up in Prescott and you get to call something, you know, one of your kids is in the ER or whatever, right? Yeah, you got a like, jam. Do you, you want to spend 30 <clears throat> minutes, you know, navigating and finding where's a gas station? Mm-hmm. Like, just
0: I don't want to spend three minutes doing Yeah.
1: That. I want to yeah. get the
0: fuck up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, main The main shooter, you know, this is like one of those topics that we could spend a whole fucking show on. Um, shockingly, the uh, <clears throat> quote unquote active shooter. Uh, engaged a whole bunch of people, and uh, and then he killed himself later. A Couple days later, so nah, no, no big fucking surprise there. But there's active assailants and active shooters. I mean, every time we have an upcoming election where things may not go the way of a certain group and organization of people, active shooters are gonna you're gonna see an uptick. Right, there's some kind of correlation there. Maybe you can think about it and figure it out, but. These active, And they all kill themselves or they all end up getting shot by the cops or whatever. Like These individuals are out there. They're potentially being manipulated to do these kinds of tasks. So here's the reality of things. Because, like we were just talking about with natural disasters, we cannot predict these things. It's important to do certain things like <clears throat> carry a firearm or another tool that you're capable of defending yourself with. Carry your med kit so you're capable of helping yourself and the people that you love. Be prepared to... Make a hasty exit out of buildings and, you know, other locations that you might be in. It's not that hard to prepare for this stuff. It really isn't that fucking hard. You know, and it's it's not about, well, I'm going to carry a gun so I can take on an active shooter. It was like uh, the day of jihad or whatever a couple weeks ago where everyone was like, oh, my God. You know, the, they've declared jihad on the world. And I'm like, for what, the 150,000th fucking time? Like, and then so everyone be super extra, you know, attentive today. Like everybody who posted that. On their Instagram, I unfollowed yeah. them. I literally unfollowed everybody who posted, and I unfollowed some people I really like their content. But I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. And then they post, I'm like, not nah, fucking idiot. Like, oh, look at you, fucking idiot. Unfollow. Like, I changed nothing about that day. I'm always. Prepared it was a nice Friday. The, the weather was great, dude. Fucking yeah, retard. It was such a beautiful fucking Friday. Fucking retards, dude. So it's like, no, dude. I changed nothing. Every day is a is that possibility. So if you're not prepared for that kind of shit every day, you're not fucking prepared. The end. Now, here's something that is hard to be prepared for. A uh, pilot who allegedly <laughs> sh- tried to shut off engines hadn't slept in 40 hours. Stunning new details emerged Tuesday in the terrifying incident aboard an Alaska Airlines plane where an off-duty pilot is accused of trying to shut down the engines mid-flight. Uh, he was en route to another plane on Sunday but had uh, had not slept for 40 hours and had, discussed, and had discussed using psychedelic mushrooms. This is <laughs> yeah. the story you were telling me about. According I was to a criminal complaint. At the time of the incident, off-duty Captain Emerson was sitting in the flight deck jump seat, which is in the cockpit. Emerson engaged with the pilots in casual conversation before allegedly trying to grab and pull two red fire handles that would have activated the plane's emergency fire suppression system and cut fuel to its engine. He allegedly said, I'm not okay and reached up to grab the red fire handles according to the criminal <laughs> I'm complaint. I'm not
1: feeling these vibes. <laughs>
0: but he was unable to pull the red handles down all the way and fully activate the engine shutoff because of the pilots wrestling with him from the time emerson said i'm not okay to when he exited the cockpit was about 90 seconds the complaint said
1: he let the tell, intrus- tell he me
2: l- you would never want to fly airplanes again without telling it
1: sounds like he just like that <laughs> it sounds like he let the intrusive thoughts win <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> exactly
0: i'm not okay good douche so uh, yeah, he was removed from service indefinitely and relieved from all <laughs> duties at Alaska <laughs> Airlines. You fucking hope he so. He also
2: has 80-some counts of attempted murder. What? That he's oh. being charged oh, with. Oh, right, well, like right. I was like,
0: wait, before this? <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no. okay. let they, yeah. anybody in. a little <laughs> over
2: 80 people on that airplane he gets a count of attempted murder for every single one. Oh, oh my gosh. Man, that yep. guy's
0: not going to have a good <laughs> fucking next couple of years. Yeah. So here's, like, I mean. <laughs> I have a few
1: questions, but, like, they all revolve around, like, why? <laughs> like, not like, how could you do such a thing? I'm just like, why would you, like, you do think that? it's a good idea to take mushrooms and then like... And then sit on the jump seat of an airplane. Get on a yeah. plane, period. But like, be in the cockpit. It, it, yeah, like it's just, it's a whole bunch of like, and why did you think that would be a good idea?
0: Well, obviously that's why he's no longer a pilot. <clears throat> but that's stuff you can't prepare for, but... You can know, like stories like that remind you these people are out there, man. And you're and that's just just
1: the one that made the news, that and that's day. just
0: the one that made the news. I mean, how many other situations that are like that, that are similar problems? Yeah. And and it's interesting about you know understaffed flights. It's interesting about you know overstaffed flights. Um, you know, Drew and I this last year have flown just an insane amount for training, and on two separate occasions, our flights were delayed. And one almost canceled because they just didn't have enough fucking people that weren't at their maximum capacity of hours. And to be honest, that's fucking terrifying. And here's the most terrifying part of it, right? You've got this pilot on one flight we get on, we get on the plane and he's like, all right, everybody, like get on the board, get on the plane and sit the fuck down because in 15 minutes, we hit our, our crew hits their time. And literally, if we can get the wheels rolling, then we don't have to cancel this flight. But if we can't get the wheels rolling in fifteen minutes, you guys all have to deep plane again and we gotta go. And everyone's like, Oh no, 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 like everyone like sits down. And then as we're taking off, I'm like, Hold on a minute. What is the maximum allowable time? Which by the way is a terrifying Google. What
1: if he just found out that like that's the trick? To like getting people to hurry up. <laughs> well, I, can, I can tell you what <laughs> the maximum allowable time
2: is, and yeah. nobody fucking knows. It's this smoke and mirrors freaking computer program that tells you based on the amount of time you're flying that day and what time you showed up, how much time you have.
0: So you don't actually know.
2: Now, when I'm up at the cockpit, I get a sheet that says your time limit today is 4:03 p.m. And if you're not wheels up by that time, you're done. <laughs> now is that, that be FAA wheels up or f- wheels rolling? Uh, ours is wheels up. Wheels up. The FAA does not fuck with that. So that means so we're that looking at takeoff time.
0: So you have to take off. Okay. Yes. So and then he might have even said that, and he I said wheels up. Yeah, I might have just yeah. mistakenly yeah. yeah. said. That. I've
2: seen aircraft have to taxi back because you get stuck behind ten other airplanes. Oh and yeah, time out. And get fucked. Well, that's what he dude, he'd
1: come over the intercom and said that same yeah. thing. If these planes can't keep yeah. going, we're gonna have to turn. Yeah, he's
0: around. like, we gotta go. Everybody, sit the fuck I, down. I think that I think
1: that he should just <laughs> use that every single
0: time. Yeah, it was it worked. I'll tell you what, he was aggressive and it worked. I was all like, people were like, shut up and shut the fuck down. Like, get your shit in the thing. We gotta go because we'd already been delayed. Fucking been like three yeah, it'd been about three hours. People
1: acting like everybody they their left and right. Shoe bomber. They're just like exactly. putting them in their seat, like belting them to the page. Yeah, like, we're, 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 we're good
2: back here. here. Let's go. The, one, go. the other one I saw that worked one time was a captain. Goes, hey, just so you all know, my my uh, mother-in-law's in security. So go ahead and put your shit in, the, put your shit in the bins and sit down so I can leave her here. Nice. <laughs> nice.
0: So the point is is that like, that's, that's not just pilots. That's <laughs> doctors. That's medics. That's firefighters. That's cops. Everybody is so understaffed. When we go to stores and we're like, oh, God, I have to do self-checkout because they're understaffed. Oh, shit. You know, this fucking wait – you know, the wait time is so long to get my food because there's one, you know, server serving so many tables. Like, what the fuck? When you're dealing with all that kind of crazy shit, the problem is all the other critical infrastructure-type places – are also understaffed So Something to keep in mind in your daily preparations Alright Independence training Gear moment What is the best Self-defense handgun Now obviously This could be an entire Fucking show But this is a really Easy question for today We had a a, a, a Ladies practical handgun Class this weekend And it was great We had like 15 ladies Out there We had a great time Um, you know, taught them a lot of great stuff. The majority of them showed up not knowing anything about handguns. A lot of them were given handguns by some fucking retard guy in their life, which unfortunately is, you know, the most of ladies we have to deal with. Uh, But when we asked that question, okay, what's the best self-defense handgun, ladies? Like, what's the best? And we had all these different answers. A lot of them had, you know, just regurgitating what they'd heard from someone. And the answer was, what'd you say, Matt? The one that works for you. The one that works for you.
1: The one that you have. I helped you with a a handgun class years and years and years ago. And like this sweet little soccer mom there, and she's rolling like a sink 226. And I finally was just like, hey, I, I got to ask, um, like, well, you know, why? Why that? Like, why that? And she's like, well, my husband said Navy SEALs. This is what Navy SEALs use. And I'm like, he is technically correct at the time. Um, but you're not a Navy SEAL. Yeah. <laughs> um, would you be open to trying something else? <laughs> I was like, Glenn, do you have anything else we can use for – and we gave her Glock 19 or something. You know, s- some other things. She tried a couple different ones. We're like, this works so much better. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, because, you know, you're a little thing using a full-size thing, and let's let's find what works best for you. And this is a you.
0: complicated, complex piece of equipment. I know I know, it's not complicated to us. A Sig 226. if you hand it to any of us, we pick it up and go, oh, yeah, this is how this works. Bang, bang, bang. And we do just fine. But to someone who's brand new, it's got a hammer. It's got a decocker. It's got this. It's Levers got and that. switches. It's, it's and like, what the buttons, fuck is all this yeah. shit?
2: So I'm yeah. going to pu- so poke the bear here. Just get a revolver then, right? Yeah, just get a revolver. <laughs> yeah, buy your lady a revolver. <laughs> <laughs> buy your lady a gun
0: that has the stiffest trigger, the least amount of ammunition, and the most amount of felt recoil. Boy, that'll fucking solve it. And better get her a snub nose. That way she doesn't have any fucking sights either.
2: Definitely in 357.
0: Yeah, and get her a real powerful <laughs> one. Get, load that bitch up with some plus pieces. That way, baby, when, Come you, on. when, you, fucking, Come on. when you fucking hit him, Goddamn blow their goddamn arm off. You know what I mean? Fuck goddamn. You just, God ra-
1: just racked that shotgun right there. Hey, pump the arm right off. I'm going
0: to give you just fucking pump back shotgun. goddamn damn man. Oh My
1: goodness, are we in the South? Yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: Man, I've spent too much time in the South. That's why. Well, you now, know, that, now that we got that out of the way. Now we got that out of the way. <laughs> <coughs> Independence Training Moment brought to you by Training AZ. Com. Our topic for today. What we, an easy use URL to remember. It isn't very easy. You know, what's not easy. Training. Independence Training.com. out <laughs> <laughs> no one knows how to I fucking spell it.
1: It's all ease,
0: dude. It's so fucking easy. The first one is an I, and then it's all ease. We're not independent dance because there is an independent dance studio. It turns out things. I wish I mean if it was they probably don't do things like we do. I'm
2: gonna
1: throw that out there.
0: I'm just saying it works People always wonder if I'm like I, see a, I, see stri- a, I
1: see a merger and acquisition <laughs> So here, in the works here. I, So
0: I'm, I'm playing softball the other week And someone was like The the guy who runs the team Actually put my email Instead of my phone number In the group thread thing And someone was like Hey dude I saw you're from Independence Training Is that Do you Are you a trainer over at Independence Gym And I go Are you fucking serious Just open your eyeballs And Independence- look at me Do I look like a fucking Physical trainer No Independence Training guy <laughs>
1: Independence gym is a fucking legit gym. I know it's a legit gym. I have no problem with that. You should take that as gym. a compliment. All the dudes over there that are training are like IFBB, I, pro bodybuilders, yeah. like Olympic weightlifters. Isn't yeah.
0: that
2: where Doug trains
1: at? Where, where yeah. That's yeah. yeah. where he is, yeah.
2: That's what I thought.
1: So, yeah, I, like, I know
0: guy, I know trainers. Yeah. It's a fucking awesome. How, how dare teams. you
1: accuse me of being a trainer? Like, that's where fucking Alex Rodriguez trains just, at when he's here in town. I'm just like, saying. Like, saying take it as a compliment, like,
0: dude. I don't look as, like a gym trainer. So I was like, no, we don't. As
2: do that. all you sit here drink beer right now. This is my
0: training right here.
1: You know, if you drink 150 milliliters of water for every beer you drink, there is no dehydrative effects, and I can prove it with fucking science. science. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, so on the yeah, show where we're never like, going to get ten, there. Ten, 10 flushes, right? You just hit 10 saline flushes <laughs> ten in your mouth. <laughs> Gross. Right back to the beer. <laughs>
0: just, I'm going to start carrying on a bag with me every time we go out. I'm like, all right, guys, I finished one beer. Nobody watch what I'm doing because it's kind of gay, but I'm going <laughs> to hit all these saline no, like, flushes it real was, quick.
1: It was like. Yeah, 150 milliliters of beer for every 12 ounce. No, 150 milliliters of water. Mil- 150 milliliters of water for yeah. every 12 ounces of beer, you're not dehydrating at all. All right. Hydra- to stay hydrated, my friend. that away. You just
0: have to have the calories. <laughs> that is
1: the calories. Just <clears throat> a pork chop in That's every what one. I mean. That's
0: right. It's a pork chop in every beer, man. <laughs> all right. So Matt is going to be talking with us today about the real-world effect of 911 calls. Um, so... We've got kind of a general idea of what we want to talk about here. But the first thing I wanna I wanna get out of the way, like my purpose of doing this show, which was sent in by one listener particularly, but several other listeners have requested, hey, can you guys talk about this? So it's kind of like typical with our shows. We kinda of wait till we get more people uh, requesting it. But one way I always start off almost every medical class, is like, all right, everybody, raise your hand if you trust the government. And of course, nobody raises their hand. It's like, all right, but what's your emergency response plan? Ever since you were a little tiny kid, taught in school, which is a government institution, what do they teach you?
1: Stop, drop, and roll when you catch on fire. Yeah, stop,
0: drop, and roll when you catch on fire. Which
1: has yet to happen.
0: Stranger danger and, uh, oh, so don't do drugs. They're real bad.
1: Well, and that, <clears throat> and that drug dealers will just come give you free drugs.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've
1: or put it in your candy.
0: Yet to meet. I know I check candy every I, year I for eat free. I all drugs. of my nieces' candy. Just I get looking no for the free drugs. drugs. Yeah, I I we got Halloween coming up. Yeah. I'm looking. Yeah, dude. Turn, I can add drugs to my Turns, out, dr- so turns cool. out
1: drugs are expensive and people don't just give them away. Turns out. Shocker. And
0: also, call 911 if you need help. Like, And mm. it's it's this whole idea of like, you yeah, can't way. do it yourself. You can't help yourself. You're going to need help. So sit there and bleed. Sit there and choke. Sit there and do nothing. And call for help, right? And then we're going to teach really basic shitty CPR type classes Which we talked about a couple weeks ago You know, why that kind of stuff is so prolific And not trauma-based training So I'm like pretty anti-system I think everybody pretty much picks up on that And pretty pro-self-rescue With that in mind We're going to move forward with, you know, the topic Which is kind of like what really happens when you call 911 The reality is we, as much as we may not like the system, the system exists and is needed. It is needed to get someone to you m- sometimes so that they can do technical skills sometimes that you cannot let's do. Let's talk about what an emergency is. So talk about what an emergency is. When do you I call just,
1: them 911? Fucking, just don't. But like what, what – <laughs> there are times where it's like you yeah, need to fucking call Yeah, that one. Li- life, limb, or eyesight. I mean there, there's like – like I, w- I would encourage people to – like watch a – there's videos online, but like if you call Phoenix Alarm or you, you like you call a dispatch center, and you're like, hey, like can I just like stand there and listen to the crap you guys like deal with? They'd be like, you really want it? Like you really want that? And then you say, yeah. And they're like, okay, come on down. And then you're going to be like, holy crap. Like this, this is shit. a nonstop hotline for people of like my tummy hurts or uh, there's a scorpion on my wall. Actual call, mm. by the way. Um, How many snakes have you had to handle? Rattlesnakes. Um, A good number. But like my, my opinion and like the, the general consensus on that is if it's some like 85-year-old lady living in like a retirement community, there's like a six-foot rattlesnake in her backyard, like I get it. But like every single snake call, we'd pull around and be like if there's some 35 35- to 55-year-old man in the front, like – the first like we were always like we need to get off the card and be like sir i need your man card yeah <laughs> and then um but yeah usually it was like um you know some it's like some guy you know or like a parent with like three kids they're trying to wrangle and their dog and the fucking snakes like right under this thing and they're like you know i i get it but um more often than not it was like like not a rattlesnake uh or it was Sometimes it was like a straight-up six – like I sent you the picture of my mm. buddy Jared holding one. that mm. was like at least six foot long and this big, and the snake pole is bending, mm. and and the dude's a farrier. It's a big motherfucker like, snake. He, spend, he was on forge and fire. Like he spends his spare time like hammering melted metal into knives, and like he had to use both hands. Like oh my God. go ahead and – call. I get it, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe mm. we'll just be like, fuck, maybe the police come shoot this thing, right? I don't know. But yeah, like – and the snake call thing is kind of – Like some departments do it, some departments don't. And a lot of that comes back to the back end of like who's dictating what calls they do and do not respond to. And, you know, it's one of those things of like nobody on the fire department's pissed. You know, we're we're happy. Like if you're terrified of the snake and you don't want to fucking go close to a snake and get rattled, you know, a rattlesnake bite and then have to call us for real, like, sure, give us a call. Right. But the issue is like. In between the hours of like nine p.m. and six a.m., people would be like, "There's a fucking snake outside." You're like, "Yeah, uh, go back inside, go back to sleep. The snake will probably be gone in the morning because the snake's out doing snake things, right?" You know, it's like um, you see people sleeping at the bus stops all around this kind of general area of Tempe. Like, they're not dead. They're probably breathing. It's okay. And if you think, "Oh my God, that guy, like that guy's dead," Uh, I, He's not breathing. If you're if – like if you're really, really freaking out about it, like maybe you should stop your car, go over, see if you can wake him up. And if it's like, oh, he's actually not breathing, then do the whole – there's a guy over here I think he's not breathing. But like this drive-by 911 calling out of concern for others, like, man, there's like – there's – there's – you know 911 like the call like if you look at the call volumes like they've probably tripled i think they have like tri- legitimately tripled in the last like 20 years or something and part of that's because like fire is you know could like has more shit they can do like has more stuff they can help out with some of that's because like police have now been additionally told that you have to do like all these 20 additional duties mm. and some of that's just people are like my tummy hurts and like i'll just call this like a mobile on-the-spot, five-minute five response time, mobile, urgent care, they'll come right to my house and take my blood pressure. Right? What,
0: what would you think if there was like – and this is super fantastical here. And I don't want to go too deep into this topic, but I'm just putting this out there since you have experience, you know, responding to these calls. <clears throat> like when I, when I was doing search and rescue stuff, sometimes we would go out and rescue people, and I would be like, we should charge them for this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this was the dumbest fucking waste of our time And there's some things Like I remember When the stupid Motorist law Happened Where if you try To cross a water thing Like a flooded and you water you drive
1: around The barricades That say like Don't yeah. do this it's thing Like if
0: you <laughs> Intentionally go into water You know you're not Supposed to go into And you get stuck And they have to rescue They actually Make you pay for that
1: yeah, So Phoenix has uh, to, some, to some degree They have that With a couple Of the mountains now mm. Where it's yeah. like on certain days and certain yeah, temperatures, yeah. Those, like signs, like, those, those signs are not there for no reason.
2: Well,
0: I like, know with certain SAR rescues, yeah. they can charge you. Like for example, like helos, like where I worked, the the helo was not free. So if you had to get a helo called, um, yeah, you were fucking paying for that. Now I like down here at MCSO, if I remember correctly, the first ride is free, and they could have changed that policy since the last time I trained with them, but but
1: wait, yeah. I get one free ride. You get one MCSO? free fucking helo ride if you do. You, get you fucking have stuck. a phone number? Like, I yeah, get, exactly. I, I have a number I need to get from <laughs> you after the show.
0: But my point is, like, first ride's free, right? But after that, if you ever have to use their SAR again, then, yeah, you have to fucking pay for it. And, and uh, my point being is if – and I know everyone's like, well, I pay taxes for these services. And it's like, you're right. You pay taxes for those services, and that's so a whole we, other Like you pay taxes for the show. infrastructure to exist. That's a whole other fucking show, right? But the point being is if people had – if there was a penalty for failure, right? So, do you think more people would um, be more somewhere?
1: So, like one of the big people, people like the same way, like people are like, oh, it's people with grass lawns. That's why the water is being used. We need to ban that. It's like no, no, no. Hold on a second. Like who's actually consuming a lot of the resources? Mm -hmm. And in some places, it's these like nursing homes and whatnot, where you know you put grandma up, she falls, and their skilled nursing facility Mm sniff staff. don't want to deal with it, whatever. They don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, So they call call 911. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be like, oh, no, you're good. You you know, you don't want to go. Nothing's hurt. You just need to help up. And the the staff's like, no, no, they need to go. And we're like, well, we can't kidnap them. So, you know, we're going to put them back in bed. And there's always, you know, sometimes there's these issues. Um, So somewhere, I don't know if it was back east or maybe up in Washington, where it was like, if you're, like, if you call like if you're a nursing facility or a care facility or like urgent cares call, there's some urgent cares that like call all the time, um, and which is crazy because it's like you're a doctor, you got stuff here, like you don't need to call nine one one, you you need to like arrange an interfacility transport, but what, you know whatever. So there's somewhere I think it might have been Washington or back east where if it like if your facility exceeded like a certain threshold of nine one one calls in a certain period of time, like. And they, de- they defined it really well because it was like, hey, you know, you're going to have to pay like 750 bucks every time you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they started calling in. Some of these nursing homes would be like, oh, it's a fall with injuries. Ah. And they'd get there and be like, nope, there's no injuries. And, like, they started hitting these these places that were, like, really honestly abusing 911. And magically the call volume dropped. And it's not like people started dying more in these nursing homes. Um And then I think it was last year Tempe did a, Tempe like pulled their data and they found like, there's like some insane number of calls, like three or 400 calls, like 20 people over a six month period were responsible for like three or four, 900, some insane number of calls. It's like, Mm -hmm. all right, like, is there like, is it possible? Like, is there a way that like cities can start exploring a, a way to just say no to some of these things? Without this like massive fear of liability and the lawsuits and all that shit, so it's it's literally like this like the system is like yep this is a problem, and it's it's because of other components of the system and the people within the system are like how how the hell do we fix this and it's yeah so like how do you fix it like be prepared don't call nine one one for your tummy ache Mm -hmm. like 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 look at what an emergency is look at what you know and I'm not gonna tell somebody like don't ever call nine one one but like there's some massive discrepancies of like we had this lady call for it was like kicked out of like a dog bite and we're like we literally just came from a dog bite which like wasn't that big of a deal it was you know a little nip and they were like hey like should i be concerned we're like no like watch it here's how you file like cool thanks and then we we went back in service and then we got like another dog bite and we're like what are the odds of that what if it's the same dog and we get there and like the lady's thumb legit got ripped off by a pit bull mm. and we're like holy shit right and we look at her, and she's just like, she's, she looks like everyone in this room right now. And we're like, here, you, how are you feeling? She's like, I hey, know my hand hurts, but, you know, a little rascal got my got my thumb. And uh, we're like, do you know where the thumb is? You know, and it, she wasn't bleeding. She, you know, pressured her the whole deal. And uh, she's like, I don't know if this is, like, 911 worthy or not. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm over there like, where's <clears throat> this thumb? Because, like, maybe I can, you know, find a thumb. And uh, one of the guys was like, oh, I found it. And we're like, hey, do, like, do you do you, like want anything for the pain? Because like, you know, your thumb did get ripped off and you do look a little clammy. She's like, no, I don't think I'll need that. And we're like, zero to 10, what's your pain? She's like, a two. And we're like, they don't build them like you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and so you got like on one end of the spectrum, you got like that. You got like these like. 45, 55-year-old dude, 65, whatever. Get these, like, several old men, like, like you know, like my dad, your dad, like all of our dads probably. And, um, you know, it's, like, 4 p.m. We get there because it's, you know, wife called. She's like, oh, I think my husband's having a heart attack. and like, I oh, know. We're going to take it seriously. And, we're, you know, we walk in, and he, like, looks like shit. He's pale. He's diaphoretic, He's clammy. He's like, oh, she's just making a big old deal about this. or just doing some yard work. And we're like, holy shit, you were having, like, a, like yes, like, You should. You need to go to the hospital. Like, I gotta. Like, I gotta finish mowing. And you're like, bro. Like, I know you don't know what these squiggly lines mean, but if you did, you'd be like, holy shit. And then on the flip side, is like, I worked a 48 once where the same guy called three times for his inconsolable back pain, of which only Oxy's would fix, and he was like. Perfect vitals, perfect everything. He got transported the first time. Gets, gets to the hospital. They're like, no. Send him back. Does does the stunt again. Goes, no. And so it's like the next morning. And like shift change was at 8, but like he called like 7. yeah. You know? And we show up and we get out of the truck and he realizes it's like it's the same three guys because we work 40-hour shifts. And he's just like, fuck this. Literally like sees us get out of the truck. We're all like smiling like ear to ear. And uh, he just gets in his car and leaves. Just straight up leaves. So I don't know what your question was. What's, what is it? When do you call 911? Yeah. What, like, what is an emergency? Like, can you stop? <laughs> like, can you stop to ble- Like, did your doctor call you and tell you that your labs from two weeks ago are elevated and you need to go to the hospital? Okay, cool. There are ways to get to a hospital that do not involve calling 911 and getting an ambulance to take you there. Mm.
0: Which is the most expensive way to get there.
1: And a lot of people will like, oh, and we've, you know, we've had that too. where we're like, I don't want you to get hit with a bill. And they're like, oh, you know, insurance will cover it. And this will cover it. It's like, well, depending on how the paramedic writes the chart, yes. Mm -hmm. But the paramedic can also just write that like literally there was no medical reason for Mm -hmm. this. They were told of this. They were given alternatives, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden you're all pissed as like why your insurance or whatever Mm -hmm. program you're under – isn't going to cover mm. this this bill. It's like, and, and some people go to these calls and, and like lecture patients on like, well, you know, you're taking ambulances out of service. And it's like, that's not their problem. That's our problem. Mm. We should have more ambulances. We should have more staffing. We should pay these people better. We should blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, but like there is a public education component of like EMS that is lacking of like, what is 911? And some some other countries have done like really good PSAs and ads and programs where like, this is, what it looks like, but basically like an, and like an immediate life limber eyesight, um, you know, sure. If, if you're a 75, 80 year old lady and you fall down and you're all by yourself and it's 2am, like fucking call us. The, the number of times, like it's like seven 30 or seven in the morning and we get a call and we go there and it's like a fall. We're like, whatever, you know, that's, that's the bread and butter. Right. And we get there and like, some poor old lady has been sitting there since 11 p.m. at night in her <clears> kitchen, <throat> kitchen with like possibly – maybe, maybe not a broken leg or pelvis. And we're like, how long have you been here? She's like, oh, I fell last night at 11. I was getting up to use the bathroom. And we're like, so why are you calling her? Now? She's like, I don't want to bother anybody. Mm. <laughs> we're like, grandma, no. Like, you know, so it's – it depends.
0: So let's walk through like the 911 call process, right? So someone calls <clears throat> 911. All right. I think the most – everybody – Everyone who's ever called 911, especially if you've called it more than one time, for anything, to report something, to bring something to you, whatever it may be, knows that you can get routed and rerouted and you may be in the wrong place. And they're like, it's a very place. rigid
1: system of like which questions they asked in which order, mm-hmm. almost anywhere you go. And some people are like, oh, they're assholes. It's like, nope, because like you're – They're trying to gather information. And, and the and first the f- question they always ask is – Location. Right. They don't even ask what you need. Mm-hmm. Where, are like, you? Where, where are you? Where are you? 911. Fire, EMS, PD, like, what's your location? Well, I'm, I'm over here. Okay. And then it's followed by what's going on or what do you need? Yeah, you, what do you need? And you might not know what you need, and so that's fine. But, like, when you call them, like, th- it's not like it's some clerk at Best Buy that's, like, packaging stuff and it's like, oh, shoot, somebody's calling. I do Let me answer this, right? It's like their full-time job is, ca- like, picking up a phone where someone may or may not be freaking out, calling about something that may or not may not be worthy of freaking out about. And depending on how it unfolds, they may or may not have to do a whole bunch of stuff. So, but yeah, generally the process is you call on one, and it's you know, police, fire, medical, and you'll say, oh, I, "I'm over here, and I I don't know what I need." And they am like, "Hey, what's going on?" Okay, some guy just got hit by this thing. Okay, cool. So l- let me let me stay on the line. Let me route you, and they'll they'll route you to where you need to go. Um, sometimes it's like. And that's in like developed areas, Um, more rural areas. It's like the sheriff's department might be the one who dispatches everybody. And so they're like, yep, like what's going on? Like where's the emergency at and what is going on? And I
0: think one of the benefits that people can make, like if you're going to use the system, then there's some easy things that you can do yourself and that you can start helping – your people with, especially your kids or other people in your family who may not be as prepared as you are as one, to know that just because you make a call doesn't mean they can fucking satellite triangulate where you are. Like depending on the type of phone you're using, you've got voice over internet phones, you've got cell phones, you've got all kinds of things. And different dispatch centers have different capabilities. Some dispatch centers can freaking put a fire truck on top of you and some of them have no fucking clue where you are. Yeah. And so because you know that, <clears throat> then you yourself – and the people that you're around can start paying more attention to where you are. Like the number one thing we teach kids when we're teaching kids type classes is like, where are you right now? It's a question I'll ask kids. Matt's helped me teach like some of the kids' classes when we used to do those like tactical medic clinics. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And we teach these kid classes. And the first question we'd be would be like, okay, kids, where are you right now? Just where are you? Or what city are you in? What state are you in? Do you know what... What building you're in? What's the name of this place? You know,
1: part of town What's you're some
0: at? some landmarks? Like, did you pay attention driving here? Did your parents say, oh, it's on this road? You know, like, that would be massively beneficial if you were trying to describe where you are. And then you get into mile markers and landmarks and, you know, all that. Is pretty
2: blindly following the blue fucking line. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. You, you yeah. know what
1: else you know, is kind of cool? The only way you can call 911 is if you have a phone. Phone, yeah. And you know what else you can do with a phone? You can download offline maps, mm-hmm. and you know what doesn't need, like what feature your phone has that doesn't require a network connection, The GPS function. Mm-hmm. So you could have offline maps and no network, right? Let's say it's a dead phone, you don't, you didn't pay your bills at Verizon or whatever. Fun fact, any pretty much like any phone, any cell phone mm-hmm. will call 911.
0: It's FCC requirement.
1: Yeah, so between offline maps and, you know, the GPS function, like, mm-hmm. you can find out where you're at. And that's a but, useful but thing even that, for that's your a, kids. That's a, that's a heads up, like, you got to mm-hmm. do that in <clears throat> advance. You don't get to download offline maps when you're...
0: But let's, like, let's say you want to, you're like, hey, I don't want my kids to have a cell phone for any variety of reasons, but I do want them to have access to emergency capability. All cell phones have to be able to call 911. That's a requirement by the FCC. So you've got this phone that can call 911 no matter what. Download app af- off- offline maps, Excuse me for everywhere that you go, all phones have that GPS capability again you don't have to have service for it. It's just built into the unit. So now I can always pull up where I'm at and make that phone call. Right. To 911. I Can't do anything else. Any other phone call I make just routes you to Verizon or AT&T or whoever the phone is for. It's like where's my money? <laughs> but the point being is this is a way to be able to provide with your old phones. You know, service and when if you're by the way, total side note, if you're sending your old if you're turning your old phone in for credit, you're stupid. Don't fucking do that. Smash that fucking thing with a hammer and throw it in a goddamn fire pit. All right? Do not fucking send your phone back to anybody ever for any fucking reason. I'm hesitant to even get my screens repaired, knowing what some of those fuckers are up to. So anyway, that being said, so now let's say it goes through the call center. Call centers turns it over to dispatch. Dispatch basically has a list of, of priorities and and a li- or a list of problems and a list of resources and they got to match these mm. things up. Dispatch then goes ahead and they dispatch to what? Like yeah. So because so you, you have people you have, you think
1: have the nine hundred and eleven call takers and then pretty much everywhere. And I, again, I'm sure I'm wrong. It's like there's only like three hundred fifty million people in this country and like last I counted like tens of thousands of fire departments mm. and you know everything. So everybody has a little different way of doing yeah, it. Your mileage
0: may vary with what we're talking about. Yeah. Here.
1: So if I'm like technically incorrect then like good, fuck off. So basically, generally you have like a call taker who answers the phone, the, the, you know, the panicking yeah. person, and then they're typing in everything that they can say that, or that they can infer or hear in the background or whatever that may or may not be relevant. And then the dispatcher is saying like, okay, fire, or they oh, they think it's a fire. Oh, okay, they, they just heard someone say they think there's a fire, okay. Versus, okay, hey, like they see this, it is mm. two in the morning, this apartment building has smoke and fire coming out of the windows. Thus, like we can basically infer that like this is not a maybe, this is a definitely and I know that instead of just sending a truck to go check check smoke in the area, then I'm going to send a truck and another truck and another truck and a ladder and a battalion and like uh, an entire assignment. But that's all inferred and based off of what information the call taker is taking from someone who like may or may not be freaking out about this guy's bleeding ah, versus like Hey, this guy was. Uh, you know, we're out here doing some logging stuff, and he nicked his leg with a chainsaw. And we're by this road, and we have a tourniquet on, and you know, bleeding's controlled. We just need an ammo. Um, versus, I don't know. There's something going on. He's bleeding. And there's blood everywhere. And we're freaking out, and all they hear is people screaming in the background. And they're like, "That sounds sketchy," and like the scene is not safe. So we're gonna have everybody going and cops, mm-hmm. and we're gonna stage these guys because it's a stabbing, perhaps, right? So, like, the more calm you are when you call and the more, like, relevant info you can give versus, like, so my buddy and I decided that it would be a good idea if we came out here and uh, thin these trees and then this and that. Yeah, like, too much uh-huh, information. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and then five minutes well, later, I'm like, and, you know, it's so a long story short, you know, both of his legs ended up in the wood chipper and now he's right. bleeding out. And you're like, well, you could have started with that.
2: Well, this is a good point too, and I know this is a show about the process, but in your training, Mm. if you can practice that, which is something I don't think a lot of people practice, practice the 911 calls for medical, for firearms, all of it.
1: Yeah.
0: You can go to trainingaz.com. You can go to About Us, go to downloadable content. You can download and print our casualty cards that we give out at our medical programs. And one of the things that it has on the side that has MARCH on it, which is, of course, our acronym for Treatment and Triage, is... It literally says, you know, call 911 when possible, and then it just says location, uh, resources needed, and uh, nature, right? So what's the nature yeah. of the event? What resources do you need? Where the fuck are you? If you start rolling into story time, first of all, the call taker has to decipher all the useful information out of this bullshit fucking story you're talking about. And second of all, they've got – it's just going to take more time, right? So they've yeah, got to ha- get you, you to the fucking You have the, the dispatcher point. sitting
1: here like – I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. waiting to start typing and in like 100 words, words a minute. you
2: to say too because mm. if you say there's a shooting or there was a training accident, right, which we cover in our safety briefing. Two totally different things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, hey, I'm at – Ben Avery shooting facility. There was a training accident. You know, somebody uh, took a round in the foot. We've got bleeding controlled. Right, weapons but, weapons know, are secured. Yeah, are weapons no secured. Everything's actors. good. But if you're like, oh my god, I'm at this, I'm at this event at Ben Avery, and someone got shot. Boom, boom. Here comes the cops. And it's not that anything illegal is necessarily happening. that There's going to be legal. Yeah, repercussions. They just have to default it's to like a delay. what's the,
1: like. They're going to default to someone mm-hmm. got shot. Worst case scenario. Someone stops. is still shooting. Yep. Whereas if it, hey, it was a training accident. There's no like, there's no hostile anything. Mm. It was a negligent discharge or whatever. Weapons are secure. Bleeding's controlled. they'll be like, okay, cool. Like we can send a cop to, you know, knowing that he's like, oh, I got a tourniquet if need be. But you know, we're gonna need some paperwork and we can get the ambos and not have to have them stage and not have to have the whole assignment and all that stuff. So.
0: And one thing that I think is really important. Like this, this is uh, and I want, I want you to kind of describe this a little bit. Now, again, I'm gonna preface this with this. As we travel around the whole fucking country, literally, training people about medicine, boy howdy, do we fucking discover some shit about different fire departments and different agencies and different hospitals and different everything. Because we'll say kind of blanket statements, and we have to be careful about not being specific, right? So, like, we'll give blanket statements about trauma centers. We'll give blanket statements about fire response. And then, inevitably, someone's got a fucking story. Someone's cousin's a firefighter. In one case, when we train in Pennsylvania, literally half our fucking class— is on the fire department.
1: Well, of course, yeah, I mean, like 70% of the state or something insane is like volunteer Dude, it's like almost 90% now,
0: and it's fucking insane. And they're trying more to get more paid people, but it's like really, really fucking hard to do for whatever reason, which I don't want to get into right now. But the problem is, is that—
1: Well, a lot of those departments, like, they have budgets from people who live there and pay taxes, and they'll do things like buy million-dollar fire trucks every mm-hmm. year. And, like, they could just, you know, pay the people that staff the trucks, but, you know, they—, they They like the idea of free labor if the free labor gets gets to wear a blue shirt that says firefighter.
0: So one of the things that we end up usually butting our heads against, especially when we're trying to, like, get people to do training, is they go, oh, I don't worry about it, man. I I live in a really great place. Our fire department's five five miles down the road. Or, oh, dude, you know, it's no big deal. Like, we can see the fire department from the." And it's like, okay, so what's your response time? I'll be like, oh, it's still, like, you know, five or seven minutes. I'm like, so (laughs) you're telling me that a fire truck right there still takes five to seven minutes to get here.
1: Okay, that's that's appropriate. That's pretty quick. Now, imagine they're at lunch. Even if you called, like, because there, there's back lines in there, and I've, I've used them a few times where I, I call the, you know, the back line into mm-hmm. the dispatch, and I'm like, hey, this is so-and-so. I'm off duty or whatever, and, hey, this is what's going on. You know, is there any way we can get this to come over here and, you know, get this truck to come over here and check it out? It's, you know, nothing crazy, nothing urgent. And, like, you might know where the stations are and what the trucks are and where they're at and whatever. You might be able to see the truck. But, like, you don't know the full scope of it and you're just some mm-hmm. random guy who's like, there's a cop right in front of me. He needs to come over here. It's like the cop might have, like, a bad guy in the back of his car and yeah. he can't just – like, that truck might be out of service. It might be a mechanic driving the truck down the street mm-hmm. because, like, none of the shit works on it. And they had, like, the crews swapping into a new truck, right? Like, you have you have no clue. like. And, and my, my favorite one is people are like, oh, I can see the fire station from my street from – you know, from, they're right across the street. And you're like, how often awesome the fire truck not there? All the time. To- oh, mean, oh, yeah. Oh, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're like, oh, there's <clears> like <throat> shit – there's so many trucks in there. And you're like, yeah, well, like where do you think we store the million-dollar fire trucks? <laughs> out, like out in a yard somewhere? No. Like like the hazmat truck – Like just because there's a fire truck and a fire station doesn't mean there are four dudes staffing it. Like there are stations <clears> where – there's like five or six trucks there, and there's like two of the trucks are staffed. Right
0: now, staffing I want to talk about because everybody thinks I shouldn't say everybody. That's not true. The majority of people that we talk to think fire equals EMS all the fucking time, right? And that's it depends. Not true because it depends. Like we were talking about before the show, and we were kind of prepping on these questions and stuff. Like I've spent enough really time around doctors like yeah, in the last
1: year and a half. Yeah. We're like basically just like it's the ultimate answer uh, to any it question. Depends. It's like, well, it depends. It depends.
0: It depends. Because here's the reality. You can get a fire truck that has nothing on it but firefighters. Shockingly, just firefighters. Fire techs, whatever they call them, right?
1: Yeah, there's, there's, there's places back east where, like, the fire department is there to do firefighter stuff and car accident stuff and extrication stuff and hazmat stuff. Mm-hmm. Like NYPD, like, or New York City, like, do you know who cuts people out of cars there? Like, who does extrication uh, no idea. Take a guess. Like, who would who would you think? I mean, firefighters. No, nope. Who would think? Oh, no. Cops? Yeah. For Last I checked, their emergency services unit, they handle extrication and all that kind of stuff for car accidents. Interesting. Fire department will go there for, like, fires. Like, if a car is on fire, they'll do it. But then it's extrication somebody else. But, yeah, but, like, that's just... And that's, that's different that's everywhere a, you go. That, and it's, like, <clears throat> everywhere's, a, l- everywhere's <clears throat> a little different. And they have, I mean... Yeah, like, and then staffing, yeah, it's, like, you know, Phoenix, Phoenix is, like, a very weird anomaly. We have... A lot of trauma centers and a weird system yeah. where, like, almost like in order to be on like the Phoenix system, if you're a fire department, like you have to have two paramedics on your truck. We have a
0: fuckload of emergency service personnel in the Phoenix area. We, Surprisingly, like, like
2: even the, with uh, that fuckload, what's the response time? It's still a long it depen- time. It depends. It depends. It depends. It depends.
1: There was uh, um, me and a buddy were on the, the utility vehicle, just like running some errands, getting like air tanks filled up or something. And we just had, like, a BLS, you know, like, we had a monitor. We Like, we could do, like, BLS, CPR, whatever, you know, stuff. Um, and, like, a, we were, like, right down the street, and like, a difficulty breathing popped out. And we're, like, dude, we're, like, 50, literally 15 seconds away from it. Like, they, the, the information for the call hadn't even populated yet. And we pulled in, we walked in, and they're, like, <clears throat> the fire department just walked in, and they're, like, like, there was confusion. Mm-hmm. And we were there two or three minutes before the truck <clears throat> got there, and we're, like. Everything was
0: good, but, like... And I've it, seen, it, I've like, seen shit and experienced that kind of insane fast response times where right. it's like you barely hang up the phone and they're fucking knocking on the door and you're like, holy shit, that's the exception and not the rule. Yeah. The other reality is, okay, maybe they're here, but what resources did they bring? So there's, two, right. we, th- we, there's we, two points that I want to bring up here. The first point is this. For everyone who's ever said, the fire department's right down the street. Oh, there's like three fire departments on my neighborhood. The fire station
1: is physically located down the street. You are correct. But but
0: here's what, I, here's what <laughs> I would challenge them to do. Have you ever in the... I know you have a busy schedule, right? But have you ever in your busy fucking schedule walked down to the fire station, knocked on the fucking door? Someone's going to open it if they're there. And you're going to go, hey, I am a citizen who lives right over here. I would like to know... What you guys are capable of doing. There's no firefighter who's like, I don't like to talk about myself. There's not a
1: firefighter <laughs> you're, on the fucking you're like, planet hey, like the,
0: who doesn't uh, want to talk about. Hey, they will take. This is no shit. A I grown done man this.
1: walking. Like, if you, like, and we've had like they you know, will, a dad, they will a dad, take a dad like, you takes their
0: kids. They will take you on a motherfucking tour. Yeah, some they kid, love that fucking shit.
1: Yeah. Some parents are like, can the kids see the fire truck? I'm like, absolutely. And the dad's like, so uh, what about that? And what about that? And I'm like, you want to see some fucking crazy. Yeah, you tour. want to see some what do you got and like check this shit out. And it's like the kids are like talk are, about myself some more. Like, the kids and the mom are like all right honey let's go and he's like babe do you see this look at the generator on this yeah. truck you know <laughs> look at this pneumatic jack you can rip the fucking doors off a tank with yeah, this like, torch like a, like a, <laughs> firefighter, like firefighters a bunch of dorks that like talking about all the weird yeah. tools on their million dollar mm-hmm. toolbox mm-hmm. and if you want to go like literally go down there and just mm-hmm. be like don't go in between like noon and the 3 that's when we're PTing. we're <laughs> taking, taking naps taking naps yeah. For, all the, for all the silliness <laughs> that happens in, in the middle of the night when we don't get to take naps. Um, but, like, go down there, bring a box of donuts, mm-hmm. and, like, st- hit them with these questions. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I if thought you, that if was
2: it, cop food, not firefighter food.
1: The, se- the secret, all public the, service the food. secret <laughs> is, like, if you show up with a snack to a fire station and you're, like, not on the job, doesn't matter what you're asking. Like, if you're, like, hey, like, literally, I, we tell them, like, like oh, how do I get a hire on the fire department? You're like, go get, like, like, Oreos and ice cream. Go to a fire department, go to a fire station near you, whatever, walk up to the door, ring the doorbell, ask, I brought you guys the stuff, and I'm just curious, like, if you could tell me, like, how to actually get on the fire department. And they'll be like, someone told him to do this that's on the job. Mm -hmm. Thus, he's already kind of passed. We will accept your offer. So, like, (laughs) sure, come on in. But, like, you can do that with. Like, when we gave birth, like, we went to Chandler and, like, we brought, like, buckets of snacks, like, multiple buckets. Mm. Like, because I know the shift change times, right? (coughs) Like, we got killer service. Mm -hmm. We got anything we needed. But, like, just go down to the fire station and ask them, like, hey, like, so what happens if, like, you guys are gone and I call? Like, they'll be like, oh, well, the way our system here works is, and they'll explain it. And none of it's going to be, like, they're going to be there even faster. And here's the other reality of things.
0: Yeah, and it's not necessarily that, but here's the reality. The reality is the more familiar they are with you, if you do – if you are the person who now has an emergency and they're like, dude, that's Bob Jones who – once That's a the year. donut guy. That's the guy who brings us donuts every six months. That's the guy who brought his kids down and they climbed on the fire truck and then, you know, and then they came down to our fundraiser for the handicapped kids. That's Bob Jones. You think do you think that affects them? You're goddamn right it does. They are one hundred percent gonna make that better.
1: We remember addresses. Yeah. There was um uh gosh, they were like the sweetest. they were the sweetest people ever. And I know this is like delving into like story hour, but um Matt, you don't know anything but that. Okay, Continue. So, um, drive-by beers turn into hours. It was, this, it was this old, older couple, and he was going through. I mean, he was kind of terminal cancer, and you know, family flew in from out of town. We're taking care of him, and, it, and just every so often, it was just like, hey, like I, we don't know what's going on. It's like, fuck, he's filling up with fluid. Yeah, like, hey, good, like, you know. And they were always like, oh, we didn't mean to bother you. It's like, nope, like that's you're the opposite of bothering us. And anytime his address popped off, we were like, oh, it's you know, it's whatever his name is. Which I you know, can't say, but – and um, you know when he eventually passed, like – I mean, his – like the entire time, like his family was coming by. Like we like we would – there were times where we were like at a cult like five houses down and we're like, it's two in the afternoon. Like let's just go see how they're doing. And we'd just pull up mm-hmm. and we'd just be like, hey, like how's it going? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like it's a community service. Mm-hmm. It is a public mm-hmm. service. Like – but that last part, that's the thing that everybody
0: forgets is they're like scared to call. It, it's like it's like cops. I, I want to digress for just a second. <clears throat> we had one of our kids a couple of years ago. Um, they accidentally called 911, but they called it. They had the phone and they were fucking around with it and they called nine and then like 21s. Turns out, still nine one one, right? And then they they freaked out. And they didn't know what to do when someone's on the other. So they threw the phone under the bed, right? Stay, so then we're up. all downstairs having a great family
1: stay here. Game noise, night. A, a live, you know, a, a, oh, it's a, a live nine one one call.
0: So we're all downstairs playing a game as a family, and it's like knock knock knock. And I look at the people and like, fucking cops are here. So I open the, do- <laughs> open the door and cops. I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? And there's like, yeah, there's like four fucking cops, right? And I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? And they're like, yeah, we have an active nine one one call from this address. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like, hey, uh, is anyone messing around with the phone? We're literally all in the living room right by the door playing games. I'm like, is anyone messing around with the phone? And It's like pretty sheepishly one of the boys one, one, one of the boys is like staring at the ground. And I'm like, go get the phone. And I'm like, hold on a second, sir. So he runs upstairs. And then I go, are you monitoring the call? He's like, it's, it's feeding into my ear right now. And I'm like, okay, check this out. Just wait. And he's like, it just stopped. <laughs> <And I'm> like- <laughs> so then he's like, obviously there's no problem here, right? Thanks for your time. Everyone's good. They can see everyone's good. You know, no one's getting beat up. Where that goes
1: south is like. They're doing that and you're in the other room playing like Call of Duty Modern yeah. Warfare and you're <laughs> die Motherfucker! And they're like, oh man, we need to get we need to get everybody there. We're not so, even gonna knock. We're just going in. So the point is, right, they they
0: jam, they jam, right? It's no problem. So then the next day I just call down to our local PD and I'm like, hey. Non-emergency. Non-emergency call down to the non-emergency number. Yes, thank you for clarifying. You don't call fucking 911 for this. I call <laughs> Wait, down can't, to the see a
1: fire truck directly. A psychotic episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I call down directly to the department. I'm like, hey. We would like to, you know, if you can, whenever it's possible, no rush, you know, we're kind of be home during this time. If you could send an officer by the house, we just want them, we want a police officer to talk to our kids because we've talked to them now about what happened last night, but we now want to talk to, you know, you know we want a police officer to talk to them. And they're like, hundred percent. Right. And so, you know, a couple hours later, cop calls me, Hey, I've got some time swings on by, um, talks to the kids. Super cool. Right. Like, Hey, this is what happens when you guys call 911. Uh, we want you to call if you think you need some help, but also if you don't need some help, what it does is it takes us away. So, you know, and and the officers female was really great. She was like, Hey, last night there were four officers that responded to this call. That means we took four officers off the street who could have been helping someone else to come here because you guys were messing around with the phone. Now we want you to call in case there's an emergency, but because you did that, what if someone else didn't get the help? Now, last night, it was okay. No one didn't, you know, no one got shoved off. But understand that this is reality. Kids' minds were open, right? They're hearing it from someone else, not their parents. And then I was able to help this officer completely unfuck her tourniquet situation, which was god-awful terrible. And so my point is, is that that kind of connection with your local service personnel, now when our number or our name or whatever pops up, we're just... We're familiar with yeah. several. Like offices. when you're walking out of the
1: jewelry store with a big old bag,
0: they're like, "Yeah, I know that guy. Like, he's I'm good. Shoot him." No, no. Yeah. They're
1: like, "No, the, like, yeah, there's a robber here, but like, that's Glenn. He was, Glenn. he was cool. He's, good. he's cool. He's probably getting Can't out of be here him. too. I be, to I'm fight. also
0: leaving, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's probably got all of his st- all of his kids' cell phones in that bag, so they don't actually call 911. <laughs> <9-1. laughs> <That's right. laughs> get out of Get out of here, it's Glenn. We're looking for jewelry
0: robbers, you know. But the point is, it's not nice jewelry, by the way, Glenn. It doesn't like those guys and gals. They change shit. So much, and they're they're constantly moving around. That it's not like every like everyone's going to know who you are. But my point is, is I've also interacted several times now with with our local PD that way. I've interacted several times with our local fire department that way. Like we've interacted with our public service personnel so that they know what yeah. our address is. They know who we are. They know that we are quote unquote the good guys. Right. I'm not saying that if there's something god awful happening at our house, they're not going to come in guns blazing. I'm not saying that. We need you for one more. more. I, yeah. i But I. But I am saying that like.
1: The difference that it makes makes is like, like there are people that would like, they would call all the time for just like the the most insane, silly stuff. And there were other times where like, oh no, like we we were on this guy before we were on his neighbor. Like, oh yeah, like this guy, like he's on the street where that other guy was like super cool. Yeah. And then we get there and like the the guy that's super cool is like doing compressions on the guy in the garage. And we're like, like, oh, hell yeah. You know? But yeah, like having that kind of like just a smidge of just understanding because like. They're going to be more than happy to tell you because, like, when the next thing comes out to hey support this guy or support that guy or vote for this or you know some bomb thing or whatever it may be, if if like you hear it directly from the guys, that are like yeah like our biggest issue is X Y and Z, mm-hmm. and now you the person who they are a public servant for, you know enough enough people start being like oh man like those guys are fucking totally understaffed like mm-hmm. and all you know some all they need is is X, Y, and Z and like you can actually start kind of maybe helping the helping your community as a whole simply by the awareness component of how EMS and FIRE and PD like you know answer the call, deal with the info and send assets and, and fix the problem in your community. Like purely just by asking some questions and learning more about like how that particular system works in that particular area.
0: So I think there's a there's a big difference between you know, there's a lot of technical information we're not going to get into today, just because like we don't have the fucking time. But <clears throat> there, there's so much technical information about you know what kind of engines do what and what ladder trucks are and what medical trucks are, and et cetera, et cetera. That I don't think for the average person is really that important it's, of information. It's, it's, <clears throat> like, it's
1: legitimately so different, like the Phoenix area mm-hmm. versus LA versus mm-hmm. Vegas versus like. Everyone does it differently,
0: but everyone in the whole country could go. Hey, maybe I can't know all that technical information, but that personal contact that I can have by going down to the fire department and just going, "Hey, what's up, guys? Here's a, yeah, here's some fucking Oreos and ice cream. I just want to say thanks for you guys. You know, taking care of shit. Would it be okay if I ever brought my kids by here? Like, what what would be a good time? You know, for you guys. Like, you guys are yeah. bored. You're Your downtime. I would love to bring my kids by here and just show
1: them. Yeah, that, and we're like, and we're like, we're <clears> like, <throat> all, like everyone on the fire. Like everyone everywhere has some type of flavor of autism. Sure. And, like, the fire service, yeah. like, depending on which shift, like, the A-shifters, their autism is just – they love themselves. But, uh, you yeah, the other shifts are cool. Um, and, and, like, if you want that technical knowledge of, like, well, what's the difference between this truck and this truck? Like, they will tell you. They Fucking will, get they, ready. Because I've
0: accidentally asked those questions trying to be polite. Uh-huh. You're going to learn shit
1: you didn't fucking know you didn't want to know. They're going to pull out phone book-sized guides and be like, how much do you want to know? Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, oh, God, I just <laughs> went out of this room. And they're like, uh-uh. yeah, No. <laughs> Too late now, motherfucker. No, you, you just pumped me full of sugar, and I'm going to crash in an hour, and, <laughs> and you got me until then. You know? Well, and you can,
0: you can become a better part of what your emergency response – and it also helps – like one of my favorite things to do, uh, and this is very relevant for our listeners here, is when we go do corporate training. Sometimes if we have enough days uh, In training these people We will bring in the local fire department And there's two things that the fire department does One, they literally validate everything we've been teaching For the last few days And they're realistic about their response times with these organizations they're like hey look we can only get here in this amount of time you know here's where we need our ccps at you know here's where you know here's where we have access to i know you guys think that this is a great place to put your people because like logistically it makes sense but we can't get a fucking truck in there period mm-hmm. you know like the way our trucks are built or whatever whatever like we can't
1: fucking do that right and so if it's really the 10 minutes that it takes us to get here if yeah. you can get this person to <clears throat> to the door like get them to the dock to the loading bay this way mm-hmm. it prevents us from going in the front and having to do all and
0: the bullshit where they're like hey look because of what we are and what we do we can't go in that area because it's technically hazmat for us but you guys are all certified to be in there so if you could take this patient the fuck out of there then when we show up we don't have to be like Shit hazmat. Fuck, wait, everybody. We're not hazmat. We got to call hazmat. So instead, it's like, if you guys just drag his ass out of there and get him out here on this big giant open space on the floor right next to the loading bay door, dude, we can show up and start fucking working and transporting whatever. And they love that shit. The fire department loves that shit. I have never called the fire department ever. I mean, I've had them flying fucking helos. I've had them build in HLZs for companies. I've had them do all kinds of shit. They love this shit because this is their fucking job. And most of them, for the most part, like their job and so they want and they're
1: bored Emer- emergencies are inevitable and what we do <clears> is like we'll sit around the, the, the table or a training or whatever and we will like if this happens like how would this go mm. and it's like let's get five agencies here and figure out like how it would go the best way to do it well what if this happens fuck okay well let's figure it like it's it is so much like like preemptive and you know uh proactive planning mm. like get involved And what if part of that – if
0: you know that they're already doing proactive planning, what if I called them because I have a big – and a lot of these places we go to, I mean we're talking these places are hundreds of thousands of square feet. Like, I mean there's a place we go to that's literally 950,000 square feet. It's fucking huge. And they, when we first went there, we were like, have you guys ever had the fire department out here to like look at this place?" And they were like, "No."
1: Like, We've called them plenty of times. They just couldn't. Yeah, they, they, they never and I'm like it they Literally, they it to us. we're going to call the fucking
0: <laughs> fire department tomorrow. And we just call up the chief and go, "Hey, man, can we get you know, can we get a crew out here?" And they're like, "Fucking totally." Yeah, the, they the love word, that word, that word you shit. want
1: to use is a pre plan or a walkthrough. Yep,
0: yep. I just ask them for a walkthrough. I was asking for a walkthrough, and they come through and they're like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" And they send the guys out, and the guys love it. Meanwhile, yeah, we're feeding them some food. We always invite them at
1: lunch time. Do, do, do you know, lunch. Do you Rats. know that new shield spot? Yeah, 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 Apparently, like, every single department on this, in the Valley has walked through pre planned that place and has been doing so for the last multiple months. Yeah. Because, like, every Chandler guy I met was like, bro, I got to tell you about Shields. I'm like, it's not even open yet. They're like, yeah, I know. We did a walkthrough. We did, like, eight walkthroughs. Like, yeah. And so now, like, if anything happens to Shields, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be good. But they also <clears> just, <throat> you know. Every guy on the job now is, like, going to Shields and buying shit, so well played, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: So I, I know you got a jam here, Matt, but one, one thing that I want to ask you just at the the end here is, like, from a scene safety perspective, you know, we – like I was just talking about kind of like, hey, man, if that guy's in the hazmat situation, I can literally grab them and pull them out, but because of bureaucracy and politics and, and you know, liability and all that, a, a regular – Firefighter may not be able to go in there and grab them, right? But I might be able to. So, the more that you can get, <clears throat> this is, should be part of pre planning. This is what we build like with our corporate clients. We build CCPs or casualty collection points, right? This is obviously like a TCCC military concept, but like CCPs are critical because if I can make an area, the closer I can get to care, the better. I don't care if that's from a dirt road to pavement, mm-hmm. I don't care if that's from the backyard to the front yard. Look at the fire evacuation
1: plan is. in like big corporate buildings. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. It's like from this sign, here your closest exits. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, cool. Well how critical is scene safety to firefighters? I mean it depends on the scene, but
1: yeah. It's pretty fucking I
0: mean it's pre- pretty important. It's, it's right?
1: kind of like part number one after like buckle your seatbelt right. after you get in the truck. You know? And and, and and then once you get on scene it's like, okay, cool. And obviously, you know, we're going to medical calls most of the time, but Sometimes it's like eh, like the call details are kind of sketch, and it's like, eh, we're just going to send cops and we're just going to fucking hang out a few houses down or around the corner, or maybe a couple blocks away until we figure out what's going on. But yeah, like if you like get like patient access, right? What How, how do you assess your trauma patient? You have to be able to access them mm. and you have to see and expose and all that shit. So like if, if you're able to like get them, like get them from deep inside the warehouse full of racks and merchandise where guys with boxes and gurneys are going to have to figure out how to get through. Like mm. just start working <clears> them to a position and say, hey, we're around back. We're on the east side or whatever. We're, we're bringing them to the front, you know, pre-planning. And it, it goes back into that as pre-planning. But, you know, like unlocking your front door, that's kind of a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the a lot of the old folks' homes or like the, a lot of the communities, like older people in them. Um, they have uh, like Knox box keys. Mm-hmm. And so like we can call or or they've called, uh, they've called, the fire like the fire department has like their little combo or whatever. Um, and so if they call for a medical thing, it's like, oh cool, yeah, like their code is this, pop, there's the key, we're good. Sometimes they'll just like uh, like the digital ones, like the lockpads, like if you, like most people have those and like don't remember the code or mm-hmm. don't know the code. And they're like, oh yeah, like I, I can't get up, I can't move, I'm on the phone with you. What's the code to get in? Oh, it's this. Awesome. Or fuck, we don't know. It's like, you just, depending on how violent they're going to uh-huh. get, they're willing and how, you know, if you're like, yeah, I don't care, blow the door off the hinges, like they'll boot it in. But that still, they, they, they don't even like doing that yeah. because it's like, well, now we got to deal with, you know, the guys, you know, all the stuff. We don't want to fucking injure our guys over dude who fell. So like some of this, like most simple shit is like, if you have a digital code thing, like know what the code is. So you can relate it to them, like, let them, let them, like, make it easy for them to get to where you're at, which is knowing your location, knowing where you are in reference to, like, where the ability for a vehicle to come mm-hmm. is. Because, I mean, how many, like, if we pulled someone out of the back here, we're like, we're in the back. It's like, it's probably the worst spot to be just mm-hmm. because the fence and the access, it's like, okay, well, maybe, maybe we get them out there towards the road uh, on that side. So Well, I think like
0: a a recent thing that Drew and I witnessed was we were at this big event with a family, huge event, literally thousands and thousands of people, and we are exiting the event. The event is over. As we're exiting, a fire truck is trying to get in, right? So there's like 5,000 people trying to fucking exit this event. And the fire truck can the fire truck's fucked, right? And then they make an oopsie and they turn into the wrong fucking parking lot. And now watching them try to eight hundred point turn around a fucking fire truck, you can you can visibly see their frustration, right? They're trying to turn this fucking fire truck around. Yeah, it's like
1: Austin Powers with the golf cart. In the yeah, tunnel. dude. And they're like <laughs> yeah. they're like we've lights, all been, we've all been there.
0: They're like lights going, man, and they're trying to get the fuck out of here, and they literally just can't get out of there. And finally, I mean, we were sitting there for forty five minutes, and finally the fire truck was able to go past us. I mean, it took that forty five minutes from to get. And I'm like thinking, what if? a couple of dudes who were right there by that event, just pick that person up on a makeshift fucking litter and literally just walked them to the road. The road is a quarter of a mile. What if they just walked them to the fucking road? Yeah. That fire truck could have been on top of that patient in five minutes right. instead of fucking forty. And a lot
1: of these events you're starting to see, like they get these little they have the little golf cart things where they could put a little stretcher. And, oh yeah. You know, they're 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 doing their half of mm-hmm. the thing, but like all of a sudden it's night and there's people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Not even like chaotically people no. running and screaming, but just like There's just people. There's Ten thousand people mm-hmm. like oh, that was a good time and they're just cruising to their thing and you know. Yeah, like it's – the other thing is, like, know where you're at. Um, Telling somebody that you're at, like, 4857 East baseline versus 4857 West baseline, depending on the city, Mm -hmm. might be a big difference. There's been times where, like, uh, you know, I was, like, on the AMBOs in Mesa, we get a call, and it comes out as whatever. And you're, like, okay, that's fucking East Mesa. And then, you know, we're pulling up, and we're, like, I'm not really seeing that. Like, there's a house? And that's when they're like, hey, we're just realizing, like, they meant west. And you're like, that's a fucking Tempe call now. Mm -hmm. Like, we're on the AJ border. And, like, just just the east versus west. And that that wasn't the the dispatcher. That wasn't the call taker. Mm -hmm. That was the person that said the thing. And sometimes, you know, like, now all of a sudden that whole call, like, the call generation process has to restart. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, you guys are canceled. And we're like, huh, I wonder what that's about. And then we, like, look up the call. And we see that like a different truck just got popped, and you're like, "Fuck, dude, that's way that out was, that was five, that was as a five six minute delay." And yeah, sure, they're right down the street. It would have you know they would have been on scene already, mm-hmm. but they they didn't now know now. they didn't know the location. So now it's like, well, nope. okay, so they just you know it was a six seven minute time from the time the call went out to the time we got on scene. Turns out they fucked up. Now you're adding another six minutes, and our truck is now out of service. And you know now you start that that flow of like, oh fuck. So know where you're at. Mm-hmm. It's like the number, like, the first thing they teach in, like, police academies is, like, where are you at right now? Like, without looking, like, which direction are you facing, street, like, what street are you on, and what streets are you in between? Mm.
2: Well, knowing your location, too, I mean, sometimes it may be better to just, you know, get yourself out of there. Mm. Uh, back, where, back where I used to Absolutely. live, we knew that by the time all that call generation, you know, call taker and dispatch happened and all that, it was easier just to hop in the truck and drive.
1: Mm. Yeah. Know, and yeah. way faster. As, especially in the rural areas of just being able yep. to call ahead and be like— Hey, this is what I got. I'm heading here. Like, unless we can, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have assets that can meet somewhere. But like, inter- like intercepts are a thing that are. I mean, are regular in rural don't drive areas. if you're too injured to do so. Of course, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you got to jam that. But thanks for uh, taking the time and answering some questions yeah, and sharing some
1: stories. Thanks for me. We can always do more.
0: So thanks to Matt for coming in and talking to us um, a little bit about you know, his experiences and sharing some stories with us and kind of getting it in people's minds a little bit more of like what really needs to happen when they're calling 911. There's so much to this topic. We could spend two hours. or three shows, hours, yeah, hours um, just talking about it. But there's, there's one more thing I did want to mention about calling 911. And, you know, remember that as soon as you call 911, You have now invited whatever they determine to be the next best step into your life. You have now invited someone to help make decisions for you. And maybe if there is any kind of legal issues involved here, you may have invited someone to force decisions onto you. In one way, shape, or form, you have now, in my opinion, if if it's not needed, like Matt said, if it's needed, fucking call 911. But if it's not needed, you have now complicated the situation. Because you have added players, and you have added resources, and you have added other people that may end up making decisions for you, for your loved ones, for, the, for your patient that you're trying to help. And
2: they're making decisions based on their guidance or regulations, and you're making decisions based on the fact it's you and your family.
0: And you may be, you may be making moral and ethical choices for some patient on the side of the road, and when fire department shows up, they're making decisions based on their you know, TTPs, their SOPs, whatever, their, their politics and bureaucracy. And that's unfortunate, but it's the fucking reality of things. And where you end up getting transported to, if you turn that over to someone else, may not be the best option for you. It may be. It may be. It may not be. And so it's really important to research further into this topic with your local fire department. Research further into this topic with, you know, your local hospitals. These, what people tend to forget is these are things that we fucking pay for. So, like, if you're on the scene and some firefighters start pushing you around, tell them to fuck off. I'm serious. Like, I I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here or anything, but, like, dude, fuck off. You know, I've had firefighters be rude to me while I'm, like, trying to help out. I was like... I've kept this dude alive while you weren't fucking here. I'm not asking you to like fucking give me a, you know, you want my autograph or anything. Like, like don't roll in here and be an asshole to me because your fucking wife is fucking three other dudes or whatever. Don't bring your fucking personal problems into my fucking life. You know what I mean? Like, that's fucking ridiculous because you're, you're upset with your job or you don't like your fucking fire chief or because, you know, you're not home enough or because whatever your fucking personal problems are, don't bring that shit onto my fucking plate. I'm here as someone who doesn't have to fucking be here trying to fucking help out, you know? And that's not the case the majority of the time. The majority of the time, they're thankful that you're there. Thanks for helping out. You know, now we do need you to get out of the way so we can do our professional thing. No problem. But remember that when you called 911 or someone else did, you now invited this into your life.
2: Well, and as an aside there, you and I have both responded to stuff before. I never give my name. Mm-mm. I never do any of that. Mm-mm. And when EMS shows up and they take over, poof, I'm gone.
0: Yeah. Adios. I don't want to be there anymore.
2: Nope. But my. Nor do you want your name involved if no. it does not have to be.
0: Like, what's your name? My name is I'm leaving. But I've honestly <clears throat> never been asked for my name. Actually, I'll take that back. <clears throat> one time I witnessed a very nasty fucking car accident uh, where one person was definitely at fault and definitely almost killed this lady. And the cop was like, hey, do you want to give a statement? I was like, I actually do.
2: Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, and I would
0: go to court for this just so you know. Like I would 100 – if this turns into that, make a note there or whatever. I don't want this guy to fucking get away with this because he almost fucking killed that lady because he's an asshole. And uh, that's the only time I've ever given my name. The rest of the time it's like – and I've never had a cop ask. Most of the time if I'm responding to a call or to an accident, I mean, and the cop who's responding to the call shows up, they're just like, you know what you're doing? And you're like – yes and they're like rad because i'm
2: gonna sweep er, i've got cop
0: things to do and then they (laughs) go do cop things and you're just handling the med shit and then that's that because they're happy with that so the point and now if you're doing their job They're going to show up and go like, okay, you're relieved. It's my turn to do my job, right? You're holding someone down. You're holding someone to gunpoint, whatever. They're going to show up and take that over. Obviously, that's their job. But when you're doing not their job, they're perfectly happy to show up and keep letting you do not their job while they go do their job. And that may be sweeping the road, setting up barricades, controlling traffic, talking to witnesses, whatever the fuck it is, right? So the point is on all this is if you can can avoid bringing the system into your life, It's the same thing with, like, inviting people into your home. Like, I would always rather move a patient out of my home so that public service personnel are not going to be invited into my home. There's nothing crazy in my home that I can see from my perspective, but other people may see it from a different perspective. I could give a thousand examples. It's not worth it. The point being is as soon as you invite this into your life, what happens next? is what happens next. And you don't necessarily get to control that. So it's like, I want patients out of my home. I want patients out of my space. I want, I want people out in the open with a fire EMS crew can come handle them. And they're not over here where suddenly questions about liability or questions about whose fault it is or questions about any of that start popping up for any number of reasons because maybe how I raise my kids isn't like how everyone else fucking raises their kids or whatever, right? I don't want that kind of shit to fucking happen. And so because I don't want that to happen, move people out of personal spaces. You know, move people out into the open so they're easier to access anyway. But my point being is remember as soon as you hit 911, you just invited the government into your life. And that's not necessarily a negative if you need their help but just remember what you're doing. So that being said, fitness moment with Drew. Rock and roll.
1: All right. So what I have for you guys today is have your own personal mantra to keep you going through whatever workout you're doing, whatever run you might be doing. Say something and say it consistent enough that if you're having a bad day or an off day, it'll keep you motivated to keep on pushing through.
0: So Fitness Moment with Drew brought to you by MRC Phoenix, McKellar Running Club Phoenix. We run on Monday nights now at 6 Yes, um, at bring your Chupacabra Tap Room in Mesa, Arizona. We run Wednesday nights at 6.30 at Dad's Eatery in Scottsdale. Yes, it's dark now at that time, both times, so bring your headlamps. Also, for those of you who will hear this show this week, hopefully today or earlier, or later, I mean, uh, before Friday – we are short a member for our Ragnar trail run this coming weekend. So to be Friday night through Saturday afternoon.
1: Thanks to um, some asshole breaking their ankle. Thanks
0: to someone breaking their ankle. Uh, we're short a member of our running club, uh, or our running team, I mean. So we're looking for someone. You don't have to be fast. We just just don't quit. All we need is someone who's not going to quit. You don't have to fa- run fast. You don't have to be, you know, an amazing runner or something. But if you want to have a cool experience, come hang out with us. Um, some other students, some other runners, just have a damn good time. A couple of other instructors, just a damn good time hanging out for, you know, a day out in the desert um, and, uh, and running a little bit. Please send Drew an email, Drew at trainingaz.com and she will <clears throat> send you uh, relevant information if we haven't found anybody else yet. So anyway, there's that. Remember, you can bring us out to train with you. Get hosting information via email, info at trainingaz.com. That's how you get a hold of us. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook as The Arms Room Show, Independence Training, MRC Phoenix. Make sure you follow us on Instagram primarily. We have the lowest Instagram following. Like, Arms are, like fucking nobody follows The yeah. Arms Room Show. We have all these listeners and no one follows us on Instagram. I don't know how that's fucking possible. Then again, on The Independence Training, Instagram, we're somehow slowly losing followers
2: that's probably instagram
0: oh i can't imagine yeah Yeah, Yeah. i can't imagine what it could be um now that we're we're we're, we were always shadow banned we knew that but now recently we've been told by instagram that no one no non-followers are seeing our posts because we put up a post that has no guns no nothing in it it's josh describing a target and how uh ammunition temperature affects point of impact yeah, there's no guns in the video. Nothing. It's a minute and a half, two minute video of Josh just talking about in in the middle of a class talking about ammunition temperature. So we've been blocked because of that. So that's fun. Yeah, we're proud members of the Heroes Media Group. Be sure to check out the other cool stuff that our network does: publication services, transcription services, um, podcast setups. Man, they do some really, really cool stuff. Next week. We're going to be talking about how to help prepare those in your life who don't want to prepare themselves. How do you Ooh. kind of on the lowdown help people prepare? We have some sneaky hints for you. Until next time, stay aware, stay, aware, stay safe, and train hard. You've been listening to The Arms